Hey, welcome. I'm your host, Gregory Ricks, a financial advisor here to answer your questions and help you win with your money. And I'm your co-host, James Parker. On today's episode of the Ask Gregory podcast, we're going to answer the question, are you sure you want to be an executor? Joining us for this episode is estate planning attorney, Wes Blanchard. We have a complimentary download waiting for you on this topic. Go to gregoryricks.com slash podcast 74. This is episode 74. So you go to gregoryricks.com slash podcast 74. Executors. Do you really want to be an executor? See, when a loved one passes away, someone must take the job of winding up the financial aspects of the estate. That person may be identified in the decedent's will as the executor of the decedent's estate. If a family trust holds the decedent's assets, a trust document will designate a trustee. If there's no will or trust, the probate court will appoint an administrator. If any of these scenarios uh, might be, it might be important to listen to this show. The executor's assignment is financial in nature to identify the estate's assets, pay off the debts, and distribute the remainder to the rightful heirs and beneficiaries. The executor is also responsible for filing tax returns and paying liabilities. Another problem they have to deal with is the beneficiaries of the estate that might not understand the process or with the reality, for example, of values or hey, I just want my cash now. Well, it's nothing's in cash. It's all in real estate. But it's a very important job, and I don't know that everybody's built for doing that. What's your thoughts? I think you're hitting right on on the nail on the head, Um, particularly that last thought where you noted it's a job. When you were going through all of those tasks, those obligations, um, the interactions that need to happen, that's what it sounded like. It's a job. Your employees are likely your family members. One reason they might need a professional executor versus a family member or somebody that's not dealt with this, because I'm telling you, they're probably going to have to go do some research and reading up on what to do. So a professional executor might be advisable if warring or just plain unreasonable errors are involved. This is not unusual in families of means for exists for instance one heir who has basically been living off the grid it's been my term today i've been using it somebody living off the grid some mountain up man. in the northwest uh for the last decade or so might think that the family homestead will be put on the market is worth 10 million dollars and the other heirs who's much closer to what's going on though it's not worth a penny over five million off the grid guy thinks he's getting short change and is threatening to sue everybody and anybody connected with them or a financially challenged heir may be demanding his or her share of i just need my cash now i don't see what the problem is financial executor can uh, squash such nonsense without getting you dragged into the weeds we'll say but that probably means court a good estate planning attorney can recommend a good professional executor. So if you hire one or not, you may feel morally obligated to handle many things yourself. So I think that might be where that could be a team where they don't do everything. And I don't know, would a professional executor want to do everything? 
typically, you know, they, they do take on the majority of the work, if not all of it. And part of that is because they have to justify their fee, which is something that's worth considering as well. Well, right? it won't be low. And that might be the problem why somebody's like, we, we don't, and meaning the Bennies, we don't want to pay for that. Right. Right. But, you know, mom or dad already understood that, hey, uh, we're going to foot the bill for it in essence, because it's still our money at the end of the day. Right. Um, and we're doing it for your best interest. We think you guys can't get along. You're going to squabble. You're going to fight. And then you're ultimately going to squander more of the money that we're leaving to you. So we're going to plug this professional in at a premium price to make sure that the damage is, is mitigated, limited to as much or as little as possible. But they may not. So this might be a situation, okay, you're saying somebody with means is probably already lined those things up mm. that, say, has property worth $5 million or so or a state of, of means. And, you know, we know that's not the norm. That's correct. successions. And successions are probably, for the most part, less than a few hundred thousand. I might just guess to say out there. So in a situation where people are having to deal with this and it's not a big estate, but there's some real estate cars, go bars, IRAs, non-qualified money and value of three, 400,000, they could elect to hire some help to help through that. And my guess is we're basically, we're calling it a professional executor, but it's probably an attorney. Huh? Usually it is. And and that's typically, you know, who we refer out to is another attorney who's got experience. And the reason for that is, is very, very logical. You have to know the ins and outs of yes. the estate. When you've got heirs coming to you demanding X, Y, and Z, you have to be able to tell them, look, the law doesn't provide for that. Your rights are limited to these three things. And what you're asking for falls out of that, those categories. So, um, you know, you really do have to have a deep understanding. I'm sure there's some corporate executives out there um, who do a good job with this kind of thing and probably have seen enough of it through life experience that they could do a good job. But I think the biggest target is usually a, a pool of attorneys. Now, if if they've done, okay, in a lot of cases, they just don't have anything set up. Maybe Maybe, you know, we don't need a will. Might be one of the problem areas you see that people have to sort through and deal with because they, they just said, well, they'll, they'll find, they'll figure it out, or they just didn't get, you know, that round to it, get around to it. And so I got plenty of time and something happened and they died. So if they had set up a, tr- a will would have helped. Also, those, those trusts. And more common is what? The revocable trust in that case. Exactly. Yeah, the revocable trust gives you the option to basically uh, sidestep the probate, the succession process. And that makes it easier. Absolutely. Because when you set up that trust, you already you have the objective of selecting someone. They're going to be called, in, in this case, we're talking about an executor. But when you talk about a trust, you're looking at a successor trustee. And the trustee basically has the exact same job as an executive would have. Distribute the estate, do it in line with what's left in the trust agreement, um, and make make sure that everybody gets what they're provided for and you know does so efficiently. So if somebody set up a revocable trust and they may not have anybody, de- does that come with designated who the executor is going to be? Yeah, we usually run right through a designation. And, and typically when we're doing this for couples, you know, the first option is going to be yourself, your your husband, your wife, 
Uh, and then the survivor. Yeah, the survivor, typically. Exactly. Yeah. But what we're planning for, in essence, is, okay, when there's no more survivor, who, who do we want? Are we naming one person, two people? Um, are we going with a professional trustee? You know, what are our options, and why are we looking to explore the various options? You know, you may have um, a child that you understand is, is very level-headed, very financially savvy, um, understands the ins and outs of what is left to the kids in the trust um, and that it needs to be preserved. And you may feel great about that person and, you know, the discussion's over. Oftentimes, though, you got two two kids that are on polar opposites uh, of, of the spectrum and you know, look, I can't appoint one of them and I can't appoint both of them because in either situation, they're going to fight, right? So you need that middleman. You need to ha- you need to appoint, you know, another family member or a professional. Well, let's take that a step further. You're talking about the kids not being on the same page. And I, if they grew up together, they're probably not too much different in age. They've used, been used to all their lives having to work things out. Who got the Play-Doh or, no, I get the tricycle. You know, they've worked through things as kids and grew up knowing how to deal with. I'll take this in that step is what's in the mix is the spouses of those kids will have influence Absolutely. And maybe think, ah, uh, you don't realize it, but she's getting over or he's getting over on you. I think you need to check, you know, you, you, I can see this and that's talked about and that. And I know I've dealt with people that have said, you know, everything's good till that wife of his came into the mix and has been problems. Even the ones leaving it behind may I've, I've heard those conversations come up. You've probably heard that too. Another reason to have some paperwork, and I think a revocable trust does not lock you down. Those things are easy to change, right? Yeah. You could change the executor. You could change how it's given out. Yeah, it's it's very it's very pliable, um, and you can go in and, and make those adjustments. When we write them, you know, we do a, a flat fee for life. So you come in, you set it up with us, and when you want to make those adjustments, you don't get nickel and dimed along the way. Does it keep you out of the public view? A revocable trust. It does. Because it doesn't have to go through the court. Yep. It's already a plan laid in place. And the other, are you done? You don't need to fool with it again? Do the revocable trust? Well, we're good from now on? No, you need to keep an eye on it just the same way you would with a will, right? I mean, you you can't just put it in a a drawer or a safe and, hey, look, it'll work. But, um, you know, you want it to be as effective as possible. Yeah, I, I bet you come across those where they did something 20 years ago. We do. But I got a number here for you. The total household net worth in America is up 47% in the last four years and is up 89% in the last eight years. The total U.S. household net worth was $74.8 trillion in June of 2013 was 96.2 trillion as of june of 17 and june of this year 141.7 trillion dollars and we're wondering why people are leaving the workforce the demographics have changed people are wealthier they're like i i don't need to do this anymore i think has to some to do with it and real estate going up if their net worth's going up they can afford to pay more for real estate, and I don't think real estate's a bubble either. Some of those are like, okay, fine with inflation. I've had people ask, well, what do you do about inflation? You have to have your money to work. To work At some point, we're not going to keep be able to outpace inflation, but I tell you what, when you're growing 
values of estates like that, what have you done the past decade? You've outpaced inflation because inflation was low. Now inflation's going to do some catching up on us. And I just thought that was uh, very helpful there. And these folks with this increased wealth might need a revocable trust as a part of their estate planning program to make this simpler because do you have to you do a will Wes does that take care of everything you don't have to go through the courts or anything no that's the whole idea if you do a will you necessarily have to go to court right and and that can be a process in and of itself that can take a long time it can be open and closed i mean quickly you know it it really is just sort of a roll of the dice sometimes honestly um and oftentimes you look at your spouse and you just say look whether it's it's quick and easy or whether it's arduous, I'm just going to take it off the table. And that's the decision you make. And, and there's, there's different ways to skin a cat is really the, the way it boils down to. The trust is going to be a lot easier for you to do it. The will necessarily is going to be a little more difficult. It's going to take a little longer. And sometimes people don't want to put up with that. They just yeah. don't. And so, so they pay the premium. So a, a revocable trust doesn't just immediately go through the courts. That's done outside. See if I'm wrong. I, I kind of look at a will, which is heck of a lot better than nothing. It is. I look at it as a will as a guide of your wishes to the court. Would you agree? Yeah, exactly. And the court's got to decide on if your wishes should be followed or not, but usually they do. Yeah. And a revocable trust is a plan that doesn't need the court approval. That's right. Okay. Another way to, to perceive it is really kind of doing your succession up front. Yeah, that's one way to look at it. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Gregory. Thanks to our guest, Wes Blanchard, the estate planning attorney, as they discuss if you really want to be an executor of someone's estate. It's not such a fun little job now, is it? We have a a complimentary download waiting for you on this topic. Go to GregoryRicks.com slash podcast 74. That's GregoryRicks.com slash podcast 74. Yeah, if you're needing help on something like investment planning, estate planning, you know, the guided planning system that we do is uh, income planning. Just start with a 15-minute conversation, 504-832-9200. GregoryRicks.com. Gregory Ricks and Associates is an independent financial services firm that utilizes a variety of investment and insurance products. Investment advisory services offered only by duly registered individuals through AE Wealth Management, LLC. AE Wealth Management and Gregory Ricks and Associated are not affiliated companies. Investing involves risk, including the potential loss of principal. Any references to protection, safety, or lifetime income generally refer to fixed insurance products, never securities or investments. Insurance guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims paying abilities of the issuing carrier. This podcast is intended for informational purposes only. It is not intended to be used as sole basis for financial decisions, nor should it be construed as advice designed to meet the particular needs of an individual situation. Gregory Ricks and Associates is not permitted to offer. No statement made during the show shall constitute tax or legal advice. Our firm is not affiliated with or endorsed by the U.S. government or any governmental agency. Gregory Ricks and Associates and W.J. Blanchard Law are not affiliated firms. The information and opinions contained herein provided by third parties have been obtained from sources believed to be reliable, but accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed by Gregory Ricks and Associates. Thank you.